electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Morgan, thank you very much indeed. Fast Money does begin right now. Welcome, everybody. A blockbuster first quarter in the books for technology. So will April shower investors with more gains, or is this trade about to come back to Earth? Plus, a flawless start to the year for the beauty stocks. How long can these record-breaking performances last? We will debate that one. And later, one of our traders is riding his fame to stock market fortune. We will break down the Fast Money acronyms three months into the new year. In from Melissa Lee, I'm Tyler Matheson. Welcome, everybody. This is Fast Money, live from the NASDAQ market site. And on the desk tonight, Tim Seymour, number one. Guy Adami, number two. Jeff Mills, number three. Steve Grasso joins us from his estate somewhere in Westchester. The Baron is up there. Steve, welcome. And we start with a strong end to a strong quarter. Markets closing out the first quarter near their highs of the session. The Nasdaq jumping 1.7% today to mark its best quarter since June of 2020. The S&P up 7% this year. Even the Dow with its gains today clawed itself, believe it or not, back into the green, up a one and a quarter percent on the session today, 415 points. Take a look at what is leading the charge. It would be technology, communication services, and consumer discretionary sectors, all up more than 15 percent so far this year. On the not-so-bright side, you you probably knew this, the financials, worst group in the S&P in 2023, the regional bank index putting in its second worst month on record. But there's one reason to be hopeful as we get ready to kick off April. We're about to enter what has historically been the best month of the year for the Dow, according to the Stock Traders Almanac, the index rising an average of nearly 2% during the month. So after all the action we've already seen this year, how do you get ready, Guy, for the second quarter and the idea that April is a sweet month. Well, out of this group of four, you picked the exact wrong person to ask this question because <laughs> I've been a skeptic for a while. But now here we are with the S&P 150 or so handles above the 200-day moving average. The NASDAQ never went through it on the downside. It's been off to the races. Tim's talked about this for a while. As long as the NASDAQ leads, the S&P is going to be fine, and that's what's happening. I'll say this, 2% for the month. I mean, we see 2% moves in a day now, given what we've seen. So... I'm not sure. I'll tell you, though, that a VIX below now 19 concerns me. The bond market volatility continues to concern me. We're coming to an earnings season. I don't think it's to be particularly good, but the broader market does not seem to care whatsoever, Tyler. All right. Let me turn to you, Steve. What do you think as we head into the next quarter? <clears throat> yeah, as long as we stay above that 200-day moving average, I, I think the market is going to be uh, continue to move higher. Obviously, we've seen tremendous volatility and to, uh, to Tim's point about the NASDAQ, this market cannot move higher without large cap tech. It's too big of a percentage of the overall market, Tyler. And, and indeed, Tim, it has been large cap tech that has led, led the way. It, it makes up a high percentage, as Steve just pointed out, of the S&P 500, of the NASDAQ 100. You can't make progress on those broad indexes unless tech is partying. And, and I think... 
this is a great run. I think somewhere in, in this period, structurally, the market's composition is going to change uh, significantly over the next three to five years. Right now, this is the market we have. Remember, these are effectively treasury stocks, right? These are stocks with fantastic, bulletproof, pristine balance sheets through difficult times. These are stocks that also uh, growth at a reasonable price. It's a relative conversation. But, but I, I, yeah, I mean, the move of 18 percent of the NASDAQ in the first quarter, by the way, this is your bull market NASDAQ from December 28th. You're up 23 percent. That's bull market and a bear market. Uh, a lot of this is positioning. A lot of this is sentiment. And, and I think that's the dynamic that takes you. You outlined very well those seasonals in April. People have also probably heard this um, 10 out of 10 times in a year where we were down and we followed up with an up first quarter. You're up in April and you're up for the rest of the year. Uh, I don't think this is any other year. I know every time feels different. Um, and I medium term feel actually quite cautious. But um, uh, yes, until uh, long duration trades or technology stop outperforming the brick and mortar. Um, and again, you know, value trades don't really work when you're looking for value. I'll, I'll say that. And, and I think some of this uh, continues to go. I think energy uh, is due to catch up. But I also think on the here and now, Regional banks um, are not what you should be taking your cue on when you're looking at airlines and you're looking at resource stocks and you're looking at even at industrials. Um, you should trade those right now. All right, Jeff, what do you say here? NASDAQ highest since August, best a quarter since, best first quarter, I should say, for NASDAQ since 2012. Can tech keep going? It's, it's been sort of interesting, Tyler, in the sense that tech was in the lead when rates were going up and the market was going up. And then it also outperformed as rates were coming down and the market was going down, sort of leading on both sides, which is a little bit unusual. And I think it goes back to my thesis, which was clearly early last year. It's, it's paid off a little bit more of late, but it, it really alludes to what Tim was saying. And it's that we're going into this cyclical slowdown. Earnings estimates continue to come down. So investors are huddling in these names where they think, OK, look, they can at least maintain some semblance of earnings growth, even as the economy continues to slow. So I think that's a big part of it. And although we've all been negative, I, I'm certainly still not a, a bull by any means. But I do think that this relief rally could continue for a few months. If the banking stress abates, earnings estimates stabilize here a little bit because the economy has been stronger than I think a lot of people thought coming into the year. So that all plays into it. My concern is that valuations have moved a lot here. I'll use Meta as an example. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. But, you know, coming into this year, Meta was trading at, what, 15 times? Now it's trading at 20 times. So the margin of error is much smaller than it was. And I think ultimately the reality kicks in for the broad market that, you know what, the economy is still slowing. There's a risk of recession and earnings estimates are going to come down. All right, Steve, you want to jump in? Yeah, so, so just a, a couple of things to, to put a bow on it. You also have that uh, presidential election cycle theory, too, that the back half of a first-termer always is better for the markets because they want to load up the marketplace with economic-friendly policies. And I get, I get that we have a hybrid government right now, but look out for that. Number three, you're going to have rates. So rates were a headwind for technology stocks. Now, if you see that rates have, have topped, then technology stacks have bottomed. And to Tim's point, the safety in numbers are safety in the balance sheet on these tech names. So all of those things are going for the overall market. The bear case is running out of uh, uh, theories to present for the overall market. So bullish. 
So, so bullish there, uh, you point to the presidential election cycle. I think the third year, as you uh, allude to, I think the third year of presidential terms is typically uh, historically the best of the four years. Guy, you mentioned earnings, which are going to start coming out in 10 days or so. Uh, what are you looking for there? You you talked about earnings maybe coming down a little bit. Guidance. I mean, guidance. what are they, you know, what, do you have visibility and what the guidance is? Listen, I understand the book. I mean, Tim has outlined it, as Steve has as well. Without question, it's been right to be bullish. It's been wrong to try to fight this, which I've been trying to fight. But I'll tell you, much of this move higher in the broader markets is all multiple expansion. It's not because things have all of a sudden magically gotten better in terms of earnings growth and revenue growth. I mean, that will continue to decline. People willing to pay more now for a dollar's worth of earnings. I'm not sure how long that can last, though, Tom. Yeah, you know, you, I remember John Bogle taught me one thing I've not ever forgotten, that there are really three components to a stock market, to a stock's return. One is the dividend, the other is the earnings growth, and the third thing is that speculative portion, which is the expansion of the multiple. Are you willing, to, is the investor willing to pay more per dollar of earnings. Uh, and uh, if that doesn't deliver, it's not going it, to... Well, it and, and there, there's, there's, there's not any debate about we shouldn't be paying more for stocks in an environment where interest rates and, and you know, the cost of capital, whatever you're going to measure here, but a discount rate for stocks um, is up dramatically. And, and, and therefore, uh, I just think this is about playing through cycles and, and the opportunities you have. I mean, 43.50 and the S&P is, is not a, a, a terrible run. The seasonals, actually, I, I believe a lot in these seasonals. I actually, and I, you know, I think May is going to be awful because I think we're going to get back to a place where we're going to have rallied 25% off the lows if you look at the NASDAQ, I bet, by then. And I think it's going to be time to take a breath because these earnings are not going to be great. There's no reason for CEOs right now uh, to get out there and tell you life is great. All right, let's, uh, let's move on for more on what we can expect in April. Let's bring in the chart master, Carter Worth of Worth Charting. Uh, what are you seeing? What are, what are the charts telling you, Carter? Well, sure. Just to touch on what you're talking about, it's been all multiple expansion, right? We know that to begin the year, the S&P 500 tech sector is trading at a multiple of 22, it's now 29. SOX index was trading at 16, it's now 24. So the earnings will have to come through and deliver, otherwise, in principle, you will get the echo of this run-up, which is some sort of giveback. But for what it's worth, and these are not really statistics, it's more stock traders almanac kind of thing, and you can buy it in any store. If, if April, if Q1 is positive, April is positive 71% of the time. If Q1 is negative, April's positive 58% of the time. So what we know is momentum is a powerful thing. If you've got a Q1 that's good, it follows through in April. Just to put those numbers in perspective, unconditionally, all Aprils, going back to 1929, um, Aprils are up about 65% of the time. And you see the stats here on the screen. But what we really have is we have a very bifurcated market. And so the question is, and you guys have discussed it and debated, is the move into um, former laggards. Remember, the, the NASDAQ 100 had its first negative total return year in 13 years last year. Uh, and so is the move back into those names, is that a bullish thing? Because they're a big weight, it's bullish. Or is it the face of fear? Meaning that kind of multiple expansion is people hiding or doing what is good technique, going to higher ground in the event that there is a slowdown ahead. But I mean, consider the fact that the S&P itself is up seven, but the equal weight S&P is up two. Or the fact that tech and telecommunications or communications both up 20% plus when you've got energy and banks and financials down 6%, almost 3,000 basis points of spread. That is all uh, very behavioral. Um, and to some extent, it makes sense when things are getting dodgy, as the British expression goes, you, you seek out safety. As it relates to the S&P, we are right up against the downtrend line. 
my hunch is it's right to take some profits if you have them. Profits if you have them. How does that feel to you, Jeff Mills? Take profits if you have them. Well, I, I certainly agree. Unless you're, unless you're a particularly nimble investor and you can play the move that I think we might end up seeing in April, you know, I agree because to Tim's point, things start to crystallize about the economic picture and the earnings picture. And then once again, we have a problem because I don't think these valuations are going to be supported. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, I know people talk about these rolling bear markets and it, it's good for the overall index. And it certainly has because right now it's been comm services and discretionary and tech with the rest of the market left behind. But what about when that bear market rolls on from there to some of the other sectors that are smaller weights in the index? Uh, that could be an overall drag, uh, and I think that's what we might be in for. Steve, do you want to respond here? Or Tim? Well, yeah, Steve, why don't you go yeah. first? Yeah, so to, to comment on the trading cycle, we've definitely ha have the uh, ebb and flow. And when you look at a chart on the S&P, Tyler, we have to break through that 4,200 mark in the S&P or else all this is just another trading exercise and we slap right back down. What made me worried was when the market broke the 200-day moving average and then we rallied back above that. So while the market is above the 200-day moving average and inching closer to that 4,200, I don't disagree that you should take profits. We, we saw a huge sell-off. Mm -hmm. But just understand where your bull barometer is, and that's 4,200. All right, uh, uh, Tim, one final thought, quick. The Brits have funny words for things. Yeah. I mean, why are yeah. French fries chips, Guy? I, why is know, the what? elevator a lift? But why did you mayonnaise on anything, crispy. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that's really all I wanted to add. No, you make a great yeah. point, though. Yeah. yeah, let's leave it on that note. There. I think you why should. Why not? Chips. It's been a great <laughs> quarter. Let's just go. It's been ahead. a good quarter. We'll, well, all right, thank you. And Carter, thank you. We'll see Carter a little bit later. Coming up, are the traders uh, conquering the year with their fast money acronym trades? We'll divulge, divulge who's on top going into the second quarter. But first, why the magic may be in the makeup for retail investors. A look at a winning trade in a challenging space. More fast money is ahead. What does it mean to be rich? Is it having more stories to share or time to give? Is it being able to keep your loved ones close or travel somewhere far away? At Edward Jones, we believe the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Your dedicated financial advisor will take a comprehensive approach to your financial strategy to help support what truly matters to you. EdwardJones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money, everybody. The magic may be in the makeup. Beauty stocks among the best consumer discretionary performers so far this year. CNBC retail reporter Melissa Repko has the details. Hey, Melissa. Hey, T Tyler. Shoppers are pulling back on discretionary spending, but there's an outlier in the category, beauty. Ulta and Elf stock performance reflected that today as they hit all-time intraday highs. Shares of both companies have seen significant growth on Wall Street this year, outperforming both the retail-focused XRT and the S&P 500. Ulta shares are up 15%, and, Ulta sh and Elf's shares are up nearly 50% so far this year as of Friday's close. 
I spoke to Ulta CEO Dave Kimball earlier this week at Shop Talk. He said he's confident that the company's sales will keep growing because beauty is typically resilient in economic downturns. Plus, he said beauty items are an affordable luxury and part of consumers' health and wellness routine. Other retailers are trying to use beauty as a foot traffic driver, too. Target's opening mini Ulta shops in its big box stores. Kohl's is adding Sephora shops to all stores. And Dollar General said it will devote more aisle space to beauty items like lip gloss and face masks in about 300 of its stores. Back to you, Tyler. Melissa, thank you very much. I, you know, I love how they blend my makeup. It's the blend. Yeah, it's the blend. It must be the exfoliation you're doing. It's the exfoliation. That's right. That, it was not, that was a knock on me. You didn't even realize it because I'm a big exfoliation. Oh, you're exfoliation. That's obvious to everybody at home. Oh, you have to point that out. Everybody knows that. No, not everybody show. knows it. I will say I use the St. Ives products if you really want to know. They're apricot scrubs. Are those it's from Ulta? Right. Wow. I go to Ulta. No, let's talk about it's the stock. Let's talk about the stock. I mean, Jeff, I'm going to turn to you first because it says I should turn to you first. Are you buying the beauty trade? And and I've got to say that over the past six months, I can't think of another stock that I've heard, other than maybe Tesla, that I've heard in more people's sort of buy list portfolios than Ulta. Everybody seems to love it. Yeah, so I'll tell you why they, they told you to turn to me. So I have three girls, as some may know. My wife was away last weekend. We took a field trip there, and this photo is the result of that field trip. Uh, the, only th the only thing I'll say is that uh, I'm, a, I'm a much better father than this photo <laughs> indicates. Uh, but the store, was, the store was crowded, uh, and, and I do like the stock. You know, I think if you look back you know, a number of months ago, the stock was trading somewhere around 350 at a PE of 33. Now with the stock much higher into the 500, it's trading at 21, 22 times. So um, not especially rich for the stock if you look at its own history. And I do think there are tailwinds relative to this particular area of, of consumer. I think back to office people going out, you know, this stuff runs out and they have to buy more. And I think they have a superior margin profile, profitability profile versus some of their peers. Uh, yes, the stock has had a big run, but on any pullbacks, I'd be a buyer. The, the great exfoliator is nodding. I am. Don't make he fun is of nodding. me. At my age, you want to exfoliate. They reported on March 9th. In margin, the inventories were up 6.9% year over year against sales growth of 18%, which means the margins will continue to improve. And operating margins came in almost at 14%, much higher than the street was expecting. And Jeff is right. It trades at 20 and a half times next year's numbers, despite the fact that the stock has been on a huge run. So analysts will start upgrading the stock. I think Canaccord just upgraded $622 price target. Karen loves this as well. I think it goes higher. It's traded cheaper based upon you know what you've seen is an explosion really in their earnings growth. I'll just say I think they get too much credit. Uh, in other words, I think it's well priced in their loyalty program of 40 million and something, and they're well ahead. It's a unique shopping experience. We all know this. I think it's in the price. All right, folks, head on fast money. We are going to check check in on our 2023 acronyms to reveal the trader who is crushing the competition mm. so far this year. The early leader in the acronym contest mm. next and throughout March. We celebrate women's heritage here on CNBC with, this time, contributor Stephanie Link. I learned very early in life the importance of financial independence, and I found a job that helped me get there. It's empowering, it's challenging, and it's also a sense of freedom. It's possible to have it all, to have a career and to have a family. Follow your dreams, stay focused, anything is possible.
All right, we've been having too much fun. Ba ba welcome back to Fast Money. With the first quarter in the books, we wanted to check in on how our traders' acronyms are doing. Oh, you know, man. there's there's FANG, there's all of those things. Uh, and it was a clear winner in Q1. Whoa! There it is. The general. It is Jeff Mills' fame trade. Wow. Five below, Amazon, Meta, and EOG resources surging an average of 26% since the start of the year. Meta's 70% jump really driving uh, that one higher. EOG, the only uh, dragger, uh, down about 11% on the year. Jeff, you still like these names as we head into the next quarter? Yeah, maybe I'll just quickly hit on the biggest winner and the biggest loser. So I mentioned Meta earlier in the show. I mean, it has gone from 15 times to 20 times, but the story is still generally the same. The, the high profitability, the free cash flow characteristics that I think investors are still going to want in this market. But I would just tread a little bit lightly after the move. But again, I would not be selling it here. And then in terms of EOG, I think you see a rotation back in that direction. Obviously, energy got hit. Earnings per share were revised lower. Just this general big rotation out of last year's winners. So that was all in play. But at the same time, energy is still the cheapest sector on both an absolute and relative basis. I think oil prices are generally stable here. So I would not totally abandon names like this. I'd like to see it above 120 for some more confidence. Steve, your, uh, your acronym was J-U-S-T, Just, J.P. Morgan, United Health, STEM, and Tesla. You sticking with them? Uh, yeah, you know, at, after I hear what the performance is, I think it, it was actually must. Someone didn't uh, hear must. me. I meant meta. So maybe I should maybe I should have changed maybe I should have changed that and hooked around that one. Uh, yeah, the the STEM play and United Health have not been my friend. Obviously, Tesla's up close to seventy percent year to date, so that's been the winner. J.P. Morgan, all, you know, all things uh, being equal, is only down three percent, but I'm taking the hit really on the UNH and the STEM play, which is. Uh, Screwing the acronym up. Once again, must would have been much better performance than just. <laughs> All right. A couple of honorable mentions in our acronyms in Q1. Dan's T-S-L-Q. doesn't sound good. Tizzle Q. Honorable mention. I, I, I'm not must? even making it. First of all, I don't even make the honorable mention list. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't. You don't. Dan was in first, second place, last. gaining 9%. Uh, Karen's Flambe. Huh? Uh, yeah. flam Flambe? I guess I guess guy you didn't yeah. either. Taking the third spot up more than 7%. I heard about everybody else. Uh, we will you keep updating the standings because we know you want it uh, and see who eventually comes out on top. Flamb. It's F-L-A-M-B. Flam. 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 Yeah, it's probably, is that a British term as well? Yours was lags. It yeah. takes some and it, bones. And it does. Uh, and some it does. onions to dig and go with lags in a stock picking I, 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 I appreciate that. And it's one name that's really killing me. But as the reigning champion, I have to acknowledge oh. it's not been a great start to the year. See what he did? That's, what, I what, like what, what, what he What is started. the one that's killing you? In that? Lift. <laughs> Lift. Oh, yeah. Lift. The yeah. L in lags yeah. is really a, a lemon, if yeah. I may. Yeah. All right. Very good. I guess, should we go to our final choice? That's what we do right now. That's about what we do right now. Let's go around the horn. Steve, you get to go first tonight. I'm, I'm sticking with Tesla. I'm not saying you have to run out and buy it now, but tremendous rebound off the recent lows. You have deliveries next week. They, uh, they have the battery uh, factory, so I think there's still more bullishness behind Tesla. Down over the past year, but up very strongly in the first quarter. Jeff, you get to go now. Yeah, I'd lean into EOG here. I think you get a rebound. All right, uh, Tim. The A in lags is airlines. How about Delta Airlines? I think not a bank stock, by the way. I think you're playing this rally back from those lows. That's your pick for tonight. That's and uh, we got a few seconds. Yeah, we do. Uh, Can I tell you something? If I had to pick an acronym for you, it would be HNSM. Handsome. 
I'm just saying. I don't know what the stocks that's are, not, but that's what I'm just that's saying. Not an acronym. Yeah, it is. Oxy. It's an abbreviation. Oxy is your pick there. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for having me. This is too much fun to do. That this does it for Fast time. Money. Don't go anywhere because Options Action is up next. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.